Welcome back to the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. I'm going to take us to Matthew chapter 6 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 6. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount that you'll discover in the book of Matthew in chapter 5, 6, and 7. I'm in chapter 6. I'm going to start reading at verse 25. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I believe you have noticed before and again, as I read several times here, Jesus says, do not worry. Or in some translations, do not be anxious. I see that in verse 25, 28, 31, and 34. For many of us today, and I include myself, this is sometimes challenging. There's so many things here on earth you have to be mindful of. Responsibility to attend to the matters of life can, if we are not well disciplined, become issues of stress anxiety, worry. There are responsibilities about budget and clothing and taxes and bills and transportation and medical and health concerns and things that pertain to your occupation. And beyond those, there are people we worry about, relationships that may seem to be unsettled, conflict, so many things going on. We are so busy, often distracted. So let's admit the challenge when we open to Matthew 6 or Romans 8 or Philippians 4, and it says, do not worry. In Philippians 4 and verse 6, Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but he follows up with an admonition to pray. In Matthew 6, the preventive to worry is trusting God fully. We need to work on that. Those things go together. Trusting God and praying to him asking for help, wisdom, and strength. But here's what I want to talk about now. 
there are some things you can just mark off your list. I want to put before us four things you don't have to worry about. I hope this will help us. Four things you don't have to worry about. Number one, men defeating God. Don't worry about that. I want us to listen to Psalms chapter 2. The second psalm gives us great confidence. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son and he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. That's the second psalm. Would you consider with me all the accumulated efforts of self-interested men during the dispensation before Christ came who thought they could defeat God? As you read through the Old Testament, you can make a list of those bad boys. The men who planned and attempted the Tower of Babel, the Egyptian Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, into the Old Testament, Herod, they failed, they lost having nothing to use against God. The nations rage, it says here in the second psalm. The people plotted in vain. Kings and rulers set themselves against the Lord. God wasn't defeated. God wasn't hindered, not moved, not afraid. And so blessed are all who take refuge in him. In our present time today, the devil wants to instill fear in us. Not godly fear. The devil wants us to believe that men who think they are in charge today will do away with the church. will defeat the Lord in his work and we won't be able to serve the Lord anymore. It can become chronic doomsday thinking that can lock us into such fear we become timid and so defeated there is no joy, no hope, and insufficient trust in God to keep going. Whoever is in office, whatever kind of agenda, whatever hints of progress we think we see atheists making, we need to know this, God cannot be defeated. And that means his people can carry on even when it gets worse at ground level. Listen to Paul. God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. No matter what forms of persecution may be in our future, 
no matter who says it's all over or who perpetuates the doomsday predictions, you can serve the Lord. I can serve the Lord and we can depart from iniquity. Don't worry about men defeating God. I heard or read one time the ants don't get to tell the owner of the garden that they are now in charge. Number two, what happened on the cross cannot be canceled. What happened on the cross cannot be canceled. Listen to this that we studied in the previous live stream in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. When I recently preached from this passage, my lead sentence was, this really happened. No matter if people deny it or if people admit it and do not respond to it, Jesus died, was buried, and God raised him from the dead. It is history. Jesus died for our sins, and nobody can go back in time and change that or cancel that. History is not a tool or weapon to use to advance our agenda. History is what really happened. And in the case of Christ's resurrection, there was and is abundant evidence. We may witness people denying the death of Christ. We may witness people burning or tearing down crosses to symbolize their contempt for the gospel. We certainly know people who rebel against Christ and who maintain an attitude of indifference. But the cross cannot be canceled. It happened. And our victory against sin and death is embraced when we respond to the gospel of Christ. Don't worry that the cross will be canceled. Number three, don't think the Bible will be banned. Don't worry about that. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Throughout history, the Bible has been banned, burned, and banished, but the influence of the Word of God in the lives of His people has continued. If the Word of God is ingrained in you, lives in you, and is read and studied by you, that power cannot be stopped by decree of men. When we think of the Bible, we think of a book made up of ink on paper bound together with a leather back or hardcover. If the words in that book live in you and in me, if we can quote it, 
If it has been quoted in countless other literary works, the Word of God abides in us not just through memory, but in real life. Truth from God cannot be canceled in our lives, and God's providence has kept His Word circulating since the first century. Don't worry about this. Number four, don't worry that heaven will be taken away. Listen to 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. As I mentioned during my first point, there are men and women in high positions who may think they hold greater power than they actually have. There may be things men think they can take away from you, and there may be things men can take away from you. Jesus said in Matthew 6, thieves may break in and steal. Liberty may be restricted. We may be victims of offense, physical injury, or loss that isn't justified. But nobody can take heaven away from you if you want to go there and you are committed to do what is necessary. See, Peter says we have a reservation that cannot be canceled. The Hebrew writer also gives assurance in Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. Heaven can't be canceled, outlawed, changed, banned, or blocked. If you want to go, you can. Christ died for you to be able to go. Nations rise and fall. Cultures decline and fall. Wars are fought and people die. Heaven is guaranteed to God's people. Don't worry about forgetting your password, losing your keys, or not having good directions. C.S. Lewis in one of his books described how that will be. I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land that I've been looking for. Here's something we don't have to worry about. God's people have this promise that men cannot cancel or change. Don't worry about this. I've heard people say something like this. The atheist and the materialistic progressives now have momentum and they will crush Christianity. No. How can it be said they have momentum when they are headed for eternal destruction? 
As long as they resist the gospel, there is no authentic victory in their future. The only momentum enjoyed by unbelievers is rapid motion toward loss. As for God's people, I want you to listen to what we have. In Romans 8, I'm going to start reading at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, there's some things we just don't need to worry about. I hope this has helped you.